Desert Isle Illusions. Uh, before we begin with a guest who I am unbelievably excited to have on, but I did want to acknowledge we have passed the three-year marker for, uh, we're now officially in year four of Desert Isle Illusions. It's been a crazy ride. We started covering uh, Game of Thrones recaps. We've had uh, so many different fun topics on entertainment. We've covered film festivals. We've covered you know Sundance, South by Southwest, Toronto, uh, Tiff, as uh, our guests would know, because he's Canadian. Um, we've had so much fun, and it's been such an amazing ride, and I can't wait for uh, the future. But uh, the future's not now. It's today, and we have... Oh my if you follow me on Facebook or my website or Twitter, you know that my I don't want to say unhealthy obsession. It's a great, you know, TV is entertainment. It's it's what we it's what we turn to for enjoyment. I've been just absolutely in love with this season, season 10 of Big Brother Canada, which I dubbed in an article which I've linked in the episode description as the best reality show on television right now. And we have we have an evicted house guest. He won't be winning this season, but he did win our hearts in a lot of ways because he's part of the reason why this season has been so exciting this early. We have Kyle Moore here to talk with us. Kyle, do you want to tell us a little about yourself? Yeah, thanks, Ian. Um, first of all, I mean, congratulations on uh, entering uh, year four of, of your show. That's unbelievable. Uh, as a fellow podcaster, I know the the dedication that that takes. So that's uh, absolutely incredible. Uh, yeah. So for those of you who are out there, my name is Kyle Moore. I was on season 10 of Big Brother Canada. I was evicted fourth um, after a, uh, a pretty uh, interesting HOH reign, uh, <laughs> which was which uh, we'll get into here in the episode, which I'm very excited to talk about. Uh, but uh, yeah, my job, I'm a mental health advocate. So um, I uh, primarily just kind of um, help to destigmatize conversations surrounding mental health through sharing my own stories on my uh, own podcast, Life's a Wreck, um, and uh, by doing some public speaking, working with brands, talking with schools and all that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the day to day. But uh, I got to uh, check a, a big little um, a big dream off the bucket list uh, in, in going on BB Cam recently. So that was uh, that was a joy and I'm excited to talk about it today. So before we dive into the gameplay, you I know you've probably talked about this in a lot of uh, a lot of your exit interviews and it was covered on the show a little bit. You entered the BB Can world in a very sort of unique way because you shared the same name as uh, another contestant who I believe if memory serves me correctly was also a replacement contestant. There was not there is another Kyle Moore. Yes, yes, Kyle Moore from season nine. So I was on Big Brother Canada season ten, uh, and the way that it all happened was basically um, I was going to bed one night, uh, just uh, at my parents' house. Nothing special about it. Uh, was heading to bed, and I noticed that, uh, and I was hardly ever on Twitter at that time, and. Yeah, I just started to notice that like I was getting a, a few dings on my phone, and I was like, "Oh, what's going on here?" So I check it out. I open my phone up. I see that uh, people are adding me when they're trying to tweet at Kyle Moore. And I was like, oh, like this is, uh, you know, the, what a funny coincidence that there must be somebody on Big Brother Canada who has the same name as me. And I looked it up and sure enough, uh, there was. And uh, and so I was like, OK, I didn't really think anything of it. I just thought maybe this was a mix up a few people would have. And uh, and yeah, anyway, I woke up the next morning. I had hundreds of notifications across all platforms. People were basically saying that. You know, they were championing me to be the the Kyle, the Kyle Moore 2.0, the, the Kyle Moore 2, the Kyle 2. Um, and uh, they were, yeah, basically they just, everyone really bought into, um, you know, who I was, just this small town kid who was working on um, helping destigmatize conversations surrounding mental health. And people really bought into to who I was. And it kind of just became this whole thing from there. And so I thought, well, if there was ever a, 
a sign to apply for a reality TV show. I think this is the uh, this is the chance. And a year later, I found my way onto the roster for season ten. So very very cool full circle uh, moment in my life for sure. That is just remarkable. I, I that's another another layer to the story. And yeah. And I guess with the way that the all the uncertainties over COVID and all of that, I mean, it, it, it's it, you, you described in some other interviews like it was, you know, a year of your life to prepare. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you watch all the seasons. I mean, I'm not going in the I did apply to the more recent American Big Brother. We'll see. Um, I'm probably not getting in um, a big, big competition, but um, I, I watch it anyway and I'm not even going in the house. So I imagine mm-hmm. like you know, you're going in the house and you prepare and all of that and all the strategy that goes into it. And. I just, I, I keep, I, I, part of why I love BB Ken so much is how beautiful that house is, and mm. you go in there, and uh, I, I just can't imagine how remarkable it is to actually like get to. It, it really is. It oh god, it, this season especially with all of the uh, with all of the doors and the ultimate game show theme and everything like the the lights, the colors, everything. At times it was a li- it was pretty overstimulating because you're you're just looking around and it's like wow, there's so much going on. Um but at the same time it is it is a a well-oiled beautiful machine uh and to see to see the other side of it was was unbelievable. Well, so like I mean we cover mental health a lot on this show often in the LGBTQ space, but I mean in in, in general as well like uh, mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of our listeners are cisgender straight people who just like yeah, like film and entertainment that kind Hell of yeah, stuff. Hell yeah, of course. But um when when watching Big Brother, you always as a viewer you don't like personally I feel bad for you guys when you have to eat like slop and that kind of stuff. <laughs> it looks horrible. I, I the snore like the the snoring would kill me. The snoring is um, definitely an underrated distraction for sure. Yeah, so like I, I, I want to have a lot of fun watching you guys, but I want to also make sure that you're all like taking care. Like I, it, I like to have fun and make sure it's not really at somebody's expense, maybe with somebody's expense, that kind of stuff. right. Yes, but, exactly. Must be interesting to go into that from your perspective. Very much so. It, my mental health played a massive role um, while I was in the house because it is something that um, I've struggled with mental health issues my whole life. That was something that I talked pretty openly about while I was in the house. Um, something that I wanted to talk about while I was in the house for sure. And um, yeah, it was it was interesting because when you're watching the show on TV, it's so easy. You see it and you're like, oh, that's weird. Why would that person do that? And then you get to flick the TV off and you go back to your support systems and you go back to your daily environment that you're very comfortable with. Um, And when I was like prepping for the show, very much so, it's like you're kind of looking at things and you're looking at them very, very, very objectively. Um, But when you're in the house and you're constantly in that very, like, it's very stressful um, and, and you do, it's like some days, you know, you, you, don't even notice the cameras are there anymore. And then some days you see them following you around everywhere. And, and, you know, it it just kind of, uh, it was a tough environment to navigate, especially when you go into it, knowing that only one of you is going to win. The game itself is, is centered around manipulation and lying and you uh, have no contact with the people that normally bring you a lot of joy it's very, it's tough. You're, you're seeing things through a very different lens. It's very hard to remove yourself from all of the action and look at things objectively. Um, and you end up uh, making very, uh, I mean, not in, not in every sense, but in my sense, um, ended up making more emotional rash decisions because it's just so it's, it was very tough to disassociate that environment that you're in from the gameplay and vice versa. 
in the days since you agreed to come on, and I've really like been thinking about you know how I've wanted to spend this time with you and and get in your headset. Yeah, of get course. In, get in your your mindset and figure out sort of what you were going through. I actually like I do think that most of your assessments about where the game play was at and what you needed to do was actually probably pretty sound logic. You just I think one thing that I've noticed about this season of, of Big Brother uh, Canada and having watched a lot of the American, the Canadian, and then the mm -hmm. recent, the, the past two, I think, Australian ones have more... Very cool. Our, our rules are the better rules. The international, it's, it's, it's not even close. And um, Well, I mean, well, we can get into why Big Brother Canada is, is so good uh, later, but uh, to stay on, stay on this thought, um, I guess, like... When you're starting and it's early, there's like mm -hmm. two chains of thoughts. You either go after kind of like the the lone wolves of the world, like like Melina had, had struggled to get support. Uh, Jess had had uh, some struggles early on, mm -hmm. but you also have to realize you had talked constantly about maximizing your HOH. But I guess yes. like that early, the big question is how do you know? Because you were in two separate seven person alliances, which are just like the death of anyone. Jesus. Oh god, I know. It's, it's it's the Tower of Jenga that falls over the next time somebody pulls a pin. And that was you. Yes. Um, but you were right to be anxious about that because it was a Jenga tower that was falling. And I yeah. guess like from your thought process that early on, I've mapped out I think your three most solid votes were Gino, Jace, and Steph. And Steph was the one you put up, and I guess I you probably thought she was a pawn. But one thing I've noticed about Big Brother Canada Season 10 that I think is in interesting, I don't think your season has a true pawn in the way that other seasons do. Not really. No, that was the thing. Because, like, I know that um, I know that nobody, everybody is afraid of the wrath of Summer. Uh, so no one's putting, no one's put Summer up. Summer hasn't hit the block yet. Um, Helena hasn't hit the block yet. Helena is somebody who was in... Um, from my perspective, was in the right people's ears at the right time, um, was uh, early game developing good relationships with individuals throughout the house that everyone kind of thought, uh, you know, Helena would be somebody who would be very valuable in the game uh, down the road. Um, Betty, you know, uh, Betty, definitely, I kind of think if anyone was to fit that mold, possibly you could say that it was Betty just because Betty um, had struggled with a few of the the competitions and people in a house where backlash is such an important thing. Like, who do you, you know, who would you want coming after you in that sense? And I think that that was why during my HOH reign, um, two times I told Betty I was going to put her up, uh, neither time I did. Um, but I was, I was a little bit less concerned with having those conversations because I was like, if there is going to be kickback, which there obviously was going to be after this week, it's a bit of that risk assessment where I kind of, I, I just assessed that I think that my uh, risk was lowest with somebody like Betty coming after me. Um, uh, in terms of like a, a social and a personal level, fantastic. Betty's great. Uh, but just in terms of like who could win a competition and put me up on the block, you know, it's big brother. Anybody can win at any time, but uh, that was just kind of uh, where that, where that was, but no, definitely like the Savage seven. It was one of those things where I had moose early game, um, was coming to me and telling me that, uh, you know, if he won, he was going to take down the Savage Seven and that T was coming after Gino and that Herman couldn't be trusted and all of these things. And so I was like, how can you say that this is a super solid seven person alliance when in week two, week three, I'm already hearing all of this stuff. So I kind of figured that um, it, it was a little bit of that devil, you know, versus the devil, you don't kind of thing where I, I figured that because of the fact that I'm in a really good spot now, 
I think the people who would pose the biggest threat to me would be people who are working with me internally, but are already shaky. Uh, it was a little bit, it was definitely in hindsight too early to take the shot. And I kind of wish that I had of um, burnt the bridge with Jess and kind of put Jess up uh, possibly. And uh, I think I'd still be there. I think I'd still be a threat, but I also think I would have had a chance to win another HOH and then take a shot when it made a little bit more sense to take on big players. Um, so yeah, it was tough. The Steph thing really sunk me because Moose was really adamant that Steph was going to put Gino and I up and Gino was somebody who I had the final two with. I was like, I was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm aligned with almost everybody in the house. If, if somebody who I trust, who I have a relationship with outside of the house, there's a whole other dynamic, um, is coming to me and telling me this stuff. Then I kind of, I took, I just took it as gold and I thought, okay, Steph's the biggest threat to my game. I'll, I'll, she'll be the target. And then as that week progressed, the target just changed and changed and changed. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you, you all saw the, uh, how it all went down. I, well, I was going to like open as we said, I said it in my article that really that the episode eight of your season might go down. It's definitely a top five favorite single episode of reality. TV. Well, I'm very I'm very happy to hear that. I really am because honestly, it's uh, if anything could come out of this an exciting episode, I'm I'm here for it. I, well, so I gotta say, like, I I got a lot of a lot of like big questions. I'm trying to think. Like, of course, yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, we got all the time in the world. Yeah, which like big question to throw? It's always weird. Okay, I mean, this is a good one at this point because. Your your HOH will live down in, in BB infamy, and and a lot of people look at that and say like, okay, it's it's a bad thing. You said it in maybe you're in you're one of the you know you said you know it might go down as infamy, but it won't be forgotten, and you'll always, no one will ever forget week three of BB content. When you said that, I I was listening and I was like, you know, he's right, um, and that that that's that's frankly a, a not a bad. But if you're not gonna win, it's it is better to go down as, as a legend. And not necessarily in the worst way either. I mean, you made a big move. Mm -hmm. You just, you had a really bad... It was, yeah, I think it was kind of like the delivery of all of it. Um, Like the actual, uh, the actual, um, if you wanted to kind of talk talk about it almost like a business plan, I think like the, or you're writing a narrative or something like that. I think the thesis was there. I think what I was trying to do had legs. Um, But I think that just kind of the way that I went about actually executing that plan um just uh, my communication was was kind of shot that week i really didn't communicate very well with the people around me um i just yeah i think i had i had so much going on in my own head and you know i can trace a little bit of that back to kind of like the anxiety and ocd and that kind of stuff um but yeah there was just so much going on that i just kind of like i had so many people who felt privy to um the decisions being made and i didn't know necessarily who i could trust that was the whole point of taking a shot at uh, at josh was because i was like well if i don't know who i can trust i might as well take a shot at the the best player that i see in the house right now um so yeah no and i hey listen this is one of those things that i as a fan of of bb can um you know something that uh, something that was said to me um historically bad is still historic um and i and i do i i just it's 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 exciting for me to know that like I got a chance to take a swing, you know, as a fan of the show, as somebody who loves this program and loves what it stands for and loves everything about it. The idea that I got to step up to the plate and take and take a home run type swing in week three way too soon. Definitely could have played a better game, but that's something that I, that's something that something that nobody can ever take away from me. Well, I mean, you, you 
I think a lot of us, at least somebody like me, I, I tend to look at this through the grad school lens of like literary theory and the, mm. the, the French and the German. A lot of you read a lot of Marxist postmodern literature, and, and all, all it all it does is is they're really into the idea that basically mass mass consumption in, in popular culture, like they wouldn't really draw much of a difference between Big Brother Canada and the Avengers, the Marvel mm. Cinematic Universe. They basically said they're essentially the same thing. Heroes and villains, um, that kind of stuff, sides of a house, which doesn't yes. necessarily reflect the power structure that's actually in the house. You hear all no. the time in Big Brother Canada, like this side of the house and that side of the house. And it's more like it's more like clusters, clusters of power. Yes. And I made I made a chart. My handwriting's terrible. You're not gonna be able to see it, but I'll probably put it on Instagram later for uh, viewers. Um, yes, absolutely. I, I made a BB power as commodities chart to like rank sort Ooh. of the commodities value, and it's interesting to like talk with a house guest about it. So like, yeah, yeah, first, please, please. Well, so the first one would be you know your own power to win comps. You know you control your fate. You either you know you get nominated or you, you know you win HOH or mm -hmm. you get put up for power of veto. You can take yourself off. So that's the best type of power. If you're looking at power as a commodity, that's the best power. The second best would be your ally's power to win comps. So in your case, until he backdoored you, which I think was a stupid move, but we'll get into that. Fair. Bit. Um, uh, your ally's power to win comps because that protects you. The third, and this is kind of where you made your error with Steph here, and, and it's interesting to hear the way you talk like her, like maybe coming to get you, but I think the third most valuable is your ally's potential for eviction votes because you need hard power to actually execute on your strategy and that's mm. kind of the problem so that would be like probably the third one and then the fourth i would probably say would be non-allies with aligned interests so like if you had put up a summer or a tanisha as a as somebody to try and get i think they're the only two that get you to josh and we can get into that in a mm. bit later but Sometimes if you're not directly allied with somebody, you need to put them up so that their allies will align with you even if and, – and, and that that's where you start to run into collateral damage. Mm. I just – yeah, it's – it's it, it, and then I guess as we go further down the list, I had the Wendy's meal as like a, a side because that's not real power, but you guys get pretty – It has influence for sure, yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah. really – I I guess – so for, for, for casual viewers who, who are familiar with Big Brother, when you're HOH, you get to take somebody and you get to have a Wendy's meal. And frankly, like the, the food that they feed you sometimes. And I mean, that, that that's really kind of gold sometimes. Oh, um, absolutely. But it is also time alone. How, I guess like how confident were you that you had like the Gino and the JC Lins in the house just totally locked? Because they, they were they were your best ally. Yes. How confident were you that that was that was the case? Um, I was a hundred percent on, uh, on Gino and Jace and Marty. I thought that Marty, I was like, Marty, this is like the idea to put up Josh came from Marty. I'm like, there's no way that this guy flakes. Like th there's not a chance he's from New Brunswick. I'm from New Brunswick. We had this great Marty and I like took care of each other in that house, like a father and son take care of each other. Like he was there for me every step of the way I was there for him. I was really, really tight. And I was very emotionally like connected to Marty too. Like just like on a human level, I loved the guy. And I was like, okay, he's coming to me saying that Helena's telling him 
Uh, and Helena was somebody that I trusted that Josh is coming after him. And that if Josh is coming after him, then there's a good chance that either Gino or I hit the block. So I'm looking at that going, okay, those are three guys, three between me, Gino and Marty. Those are three people who I very much trust. And I think will, will take me really far in this game. Um, so, okay, Josh is, Josh is now um, a big threat, but in terms of, I also really genuinely thought that I had Kevin, um, in, in hindsight, watching watching some of the episodes now, Kevin, that sneaky man, he is he is playing a he is playing a great game. I gotta I love it. I love it. I love it. I just I don't know. There's just the way that he is manipulating people in that house is so good. And and he definitely played me like a fiddle because I was convinced, convinced that I had um Kevin and Helena as well and and Jess. And so I was like, okay, I've got the boats that I need to evict. Um, and so, so shouldn't, shouldn't be an issue, but, uh, and I, and I genuinely thought I had Herman too. Herman was the one that I was the shakiest on, but I thought, okay, if Herman flips, maybe I can go get Betty because I didn't put her up, but obviously the emotional turmoil of saying I'm going to put her up on the block twice. I completely understand her being like, yeah, Kyle, screw you. It's so interesting to hear you talk about your relationship with Marty because since since I knew you were coming on, I remain convinced that your only successful HOH would have been if you had taken Marty out. And you couldn't take him out because he had that safety vote from Canada. Fair. Because I, I, the math the math shows him— How so? Yeah, how so? Okay, so we can get into this for—, uh, for especially for the Big Brother fans uh, listening and for, our, of course, our own— viewers but uh this is some heavy and you know we do heavy th we have a lot we have a lot of college professors on so we're used to just saying very okay, cool dispense with the pleasantries let's get into the meaty stuff okay so i have here my my chart which you you don't need to read i'll, I'll read it out but i did Beautiful. i did write this i did write this out this is your path to getting josh and it involves steph was just like from a viewer standpoint like a lot of these people who you think of are as good pawns. I think Betty would get voted out. I think Kalina would get evicted. I think Kevin would have been evicted, and I think mm. Steph would have been evicted. So if we're talking about pawns, there's just your 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 season. I just finished uh, uh, Big Brother Australia 12, where one contestant was nominated for he survived seven different evictions. That's wild. Um, you don't have a guy like that. You, no, we in, don't. Yeah, we really don't. Yeah, you didn't have a guy like that. So you needed to be careful with your pawns. So. Mm. Your pawn had to be Tanisha or Summer. I think Summer was probably... But you're talking about Wrath. So, I mean, you have to deal with the fact that you put Summer up. Summer's going to be angry at you. Yeah. Um, I think that's... So, if you voted... If you put up Tanisha or Summer, I think they get... Um, I think the votes to evict Josh would have been Gino, JC Lynn, Steph, Betty, the other one of Tanisha or Summer you didn't put up, Helena, mm -hmm. Marty... And you can never tell. What Ke I have Kevin as a swing, but you don't need yeah. him. You don't need him under those circumstances. And then to evict Tanisha, probably Jess, Ramon, and Moose. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's that, that is fair. It is. Oh God, I know. I really did think I was like, I I, I when I was looking at um, the the Moose thing right off the jump, the fact that I put stuff up, it really did. It shot myself in the foot um, because. I realized that like Steph was somebody who was going to be nothing but a loyal number, um, you know, going forward and would have voted a hundred percent, uh, whatever way that I wanted. So the idea of when I was like, okay, I'm going to keep you up on the block for me in my head at the time, I was thinking, 
okay, I've already told her that I'm going to put her up on the block, but now I've told her that she's not a pawn. So I'm not going to bloody my hands with anybody else. And now Steph has an ax to grind with Moose because I'm telling her that Moose is the reason that she's on the block. So she has a more, she has a bigger fire under her ass going into this veto. And if Moose does pull himself off and I put somebody else up and Steph stays, Steph will now have an ax to grind with Moose and I can kind of wipe my hands of a little bit of that situation. Um, and, and go forward. So I thought it made sense to keep Steph up uh, beside Moose because it would play into this whole narrative of why I wanted to put Steph up in the first place. Um, but definitely, like, in hindsight, Steph was way too valuable um, to uh, to my game specifically to just kind of be willy-nilly with um, her, her life in that game. So I, d I do definitely, like, I think that in hindsight, T probably, because Gino was close with Summer, uh, so Gino wanted to work with Summer, so probably would have been T if I had to put up T and Moose, um, and then uh, and then Josh in the back door. That would have been a lot. Uh, I think that would have been um, would have been more effective for sure. And then I probably would have had in terms of power dynamics. If I had have kept Marty, Gino, Jason, I uh, locked in, we probably could have swayed at least a few other people. We kind of would have, we would have been set up really well. I think. Well, yeah, because I think. <clears throat> Sort of in my article, I referenced Tolstoy. Most of my life, um, I always tell people that War and Peace and Middlemarch are, if you read those books, you understand most of what you need to know about humanity. Uh, they're both mm. very long. That's like one's 1300, the other's like 11. Um, it's worth it though. I mean, I always told, I always told this when people are looking for book recommendations, but like one of Tolstoy's big things was like, military generals, you, you can give an order, but you can't giving an order is not executing a command. Yes. Um, so what – that – I mean the tortoise and the hare is basically like the same thing. You get to the one-yard line. Although, I mean it's not maybe the best example. If we think of – so Big Brother is you know a competitive game. You win comps. It's a strategic mm -hmm. game. You figure out who to get out. But then it's a political game. You actually have yes. to go through and get them out. And I think there was a power vacuum of you not whipping the votes to get rid of – I mean, maybe you did. I, 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 I'm not oh, sitting in front of the live feeds a, a million. Totally, yeah. You, you see what has been, yeah. Right, but that's just from my perspective. Um, and in that, in that, then this air of trouble comes, and it almost got Gino out. Uh, more recently, yeah. um, when you're not really firm, because sometimes, I mean, the house. What's What's interesting about the BB Can House, like. So Gino got the two votes against him uh, more recently, and he was on a warpath to figure out who they were. In other in other cases, people would kind of be like, okay, big deal. I, this sort of urge to all vote unanimously in a game that isn't unanimous, that you do have yeah. your factions, that's a little odd to me. Yeah, oh, big time. Yeah, it was – I. there's – oh, my gosh. It is so interesting because, like, the dynamics of a united house, I think that there's this idea that – so in, in a house where um, your safety is everything, if you have a reason to collectively unite the rest of the house against one person, golden, golden. And so the thing is, with a lot of the decisions I made, that wasn't the case. And for an early game HOH, that's what a lot of people wanted. A lot of people want to dip their, like it seems like they want to wade into the shallow end, then get to the deep end. And they kind of want it to be one of those things that it's like, okay, no, we're, we're all we're all playing the same game. We're all on the same page. And I kind of knew from the jump this idea that started with a seven person alliance. I was like seven people, 
seven people you're splitting the house in half and like you really think that all of and they were the seven like strongest like and i use that term loosely because you never know who's really strong um but like it was like the seven strongest people in the entire house i'm like if you guys want to know like look around for your biggest threats look to the person next to you like this is there's no way that this lasts and so i just i think that uh, the dichotomy of um you know wanting to play like this you should be able to play a game that is like fractured and that's what this game is but wanting it to be unanimous every week is like it's interesting it's a very interesting dynamic for sure well i think arissa cox had noted on twitter there hadn't been a unanimous i don't think no 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 no. i was the first i was the first unanimous vote of the season yeah yeah i mean that's that's interesting because i mean another thing a lot of I often, I try to tell people a lot, especially in the entertainment space, it, you know, when you're going for jobs that a lot of other people are qualified for, mm. um, success is not really measured in, in uh, you know, victory or failure. It's mostly whether did you make a plan that was based on rational logic and then go and execute that plan. If you did all of that, then you did what you set out to do and you should be proud of yourself. Mm. Um so like I, often like I I guess in it, maybe it's just sort of in a lot of the consulting work I do you look at like mistakes that people made and you, you see the the sound logic like you were right when you were like a strong six is better than the savage something like that you had said that made the TV show I'm paraphrasing um, yeah I think it was something along the lines of at this point in the game um, based on kind of where people are at I see a six being a, a six with a few with it kind of being like a strong core of like the four guys um, in uh, Gino, myself, Marty, and Herman, plus um, Kevin and Helena, who are two people kind of like on the outskirts who will avoid, um, who if they want to work with kind of like this core, sorry, Jace, who am I missing? Because it was only, what am I missing up here? Because it was only six of us, Jace, Gino, Maybe I, have, I wasn't. I have the yeah. retreat is Gino, Herman, JC Lynn, Kyle, Moose, Steph. The Savage Seven is Gino, Herman, Josh, Kyle, Moose, Summer. Yeah, there was a six person thing that I was trying to get going. And that's what I just I saw it at that point in the game. I was like, okay, this six, based on where I saw the dynamics being, um, I thought that it made the most sense for that six to be working together because it just seemed like they were from little kind of it was I called it the bargain bin. Um, and it was like this mismatch of people. And I was like, okay, these are all people who like nobody would suspect are working together who are all strong players who can kind of guarantee themselves jury if we eliminate a big player um, right now and kind of up our chances. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the seven right off the uh, day one kind of thing, it's like, you didn't have a chance to see if you could actually work with these people. It was like, Hey, just sit in a room with seven strangers who are all lying to each other, um, who are all, all big threats in this game and just blindly trust each other. And I felt like at week three, I had a better sense of trust, uh, than I had in week one, but yeah. Well, I think one thing that I'm thinking about constantly when I watch a lot of these seasons is when you're making alliances, a lot of the time, the smart thing to do is to ask yourself constantly, okay, if this person isn't in me, where are they going? Mm. And then, like, ideally you want to target the people who you aren't aligned with, who your allies can go to. So Steph was actually right when she said that Moose was playing the middle because Moose is 100% playing the middle. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Herman is also, like, kind of. And I think when you, when you went after Josh, he started to realize that, I mean – when you're playing in the middle and you target like somebody else's ally, then they have to pick a side and yeah. 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 And it was an easy thing too, because, um, Herman made it very, it, like made it clear that he was pretty upset that, um, 
I don't know if he felt like he was kind of necessarily owed it, but the fact that he started the Savage Seven, um, that he was somebody who was uh, very integral in the creation of the retreat. The retreat was something where I was like, I was like, like it just kind of felt like we were trying to do too much. Um, I think this idea of doing too much too like too early, where we had a we had a final four at the very beginning with Gino, Marty, Moose, and I, and then um, and then the Savage Seven gets created, which was the three of those guys minus Marty, but they said not to tell, like we were kind of all like, okay, let's not tell Marty and Marty will be on the outskirts. And then it was like, okay, we're now we're going to do this. We're going to build the retreat. And I was like, we're doing so much right now. Like this is, this is absurd. Um, we're trying to, and again, the idea that, um, you know, I was kind of like in hindsight and what I've heard thrown around a lot and what I've said as well is like, you know, I felt like I was trying to win the week or win the game in week three. But at the same time, I was trying to clear, I was really in my own mind trying to clear up a lot of the question marks that surrounded like what is actually going on in this house. Um, because I had so many different, uh, so many different relationships with so many different people that all seemed to be working together and against each other all at the same time. And it was just getting very, uh, very confusing for sure. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. But so, I mean, like to talk a little bit about, um, so we've talked about like a, a lot about your setup of the, God, that honestly, I was, I, I also like, just, just to talk, like, just to bring mental health again into the equation a little bit. Um, I beat, so celebrity big brother helped me get over a breakup four year breakup that ended, uh, in December, December of 2021. And then big brother Canada helped me on a five week rebound. Uh, so you guys have really come in for the win a couple times. On well, the- I'm very happy to hear that. <laughs> Came um, in the clutch. Let's go BB can. Yeah, no, but like, well, so, so I, I've talked about, I talked about this, I think, I think it was a guest appearance that hasn't been posted yet. I did on somebody else's show, but I, we all roads lead back to Big Brother Canada these mm. days, um, which is really good that you came on because now we, this is just 100% Big Brother Canada. I love it. Um, Celebrity Big Brother, which aired as counter programming to the Olympics in the U- United States, like CBS did it because NBC has the Olympics. Um, so, that was like it that's a fun little thing it's not like everybody's not playing 100% hard it's shorter the big problem with this season though was about half the cast and they talked about it at the time half the cast did not know how to play big brother mm-hmm. and that that kind of created a situation a lot of people on twitter in the celebrity big brother circle were saying like look if you felt like this season wasn't what you necessarily really wanted in terms of drama or juicy gameplay Big Brother Canada is starting. This is the best Big Brother gameplay. So mm-hmm. then your your episode rolls around, and as somebody like me who's just constantly watching like the levers of power going up and down, like how that sways, it was just like it was like sensation overload, and I was just going off the walls, being like, "This, this right here, this is Big Brother. This is the game. This is them, and they're doing it week three. They're playing." <laughs> They're not. They're not sitting around twiddling their thumbs, waiting to survive Big Brother. No, yes. they're playing Big Brother, and I loved it. I was. I was. I, I gushed about it. I can't. I could. I, it would take me the rest of the episode to name all the people who are angry and sick of hearing about Big Brother Canada. But I was. <laughs> I, I, I loved it. I, I thought it was so fun. Well, I'm glad that you had fun because it is one of those things where. Like I come from a competitive background, played a lot of sports sports growing up. Um, and this I and and it was one of those things where truly and, and I don't know what aired on the episode. I haven't went back and watched my week yet. Um, I'm still taking care of my mental health right now, and I think that I'm not quite ready to go back and watch it all. Um, but um something that I'm not sure whether it made this show or not, um, was kind of talking about the idea that like 
Um, you know, I was, I'm a, I'm a super fan of Big Brother. I love Big Brother. When I was thrown into the world last year, um, I watched every single season except for like two. You know, I, I just fell in love with how certain people played the game. And I loved when people made big moves because it was something that like, I just kind of thought about how exciting it would be to actually be, you know, to step up to the plate and take one hell of a swing. Um, and so when I was in power, like we've seen how easy it is, especially this season. And this is kind of why I also took a, a really big shot was because of the fact that seeing how the dynamics, the power dynamics shifted so rapidly this season, I kind of realized like, I could find whether I take a big shot or not, I could still find my way up onto the block next week. So if I'm gonna, so if there's a, if there's a risk ever present that I still, I put up, let's say I put up Jess and Betty, no blood on my hands. Um, you know, I, I don't know, spitballing here. Let's say no, neither of them wins the veto and, and now, okay, we Jess goes home because that would be a house consensus kind of thing. Um, and an easy week for me very easily somebody next week could uh, could say, oh, we see how close Kyle and Marty are getting or Kyle and Gino. Things were moving so rapidly in that house that even if I played by the house's rules um, and and took a, a relatively safe approach to my HOH, I was like, I could still find my way back home. And, and if I do go home, am I going to be a lot, am I going to be happier with my time spent as a super fan if I actually went and make a, make a big splash? Because you're nothing's guaranteed in this game. I could find my way out next week. So why not kind of thing? It was this idea of why not. Um, so I mean, I'm very glad that you enjoyed the the hectic gameplay because it was, it was, it was exciting. Uh, you know, you should, you, you said you haven't watched it, your mental health. When you do watch it, I, I mean, I sincerely mean this, be proud of yourself. You made fantastic television. I really, pre I appreciate that. Thank uh, you. That, it, it, you know, what like five, five, you have like a, what, 5% chance of uh, winning. You actually probably have that, same similar percentage of actually making like an impact and making good television. So you did that. That's, that's be proud of that. Very much um, means a lot. Um, and I actually, it was Gino, G, they fed Gino a load of nonsense getting rid of you. It was so this whole yeah. time I've been thinking about soft power versus hard power. And frankly, they need to be worried about jury votes too. And you, even in week three, getting rid of Steph, not the smartest move because she probably could have been a bankable jury vote for you eventually yes. down the road. Yes, if, for I mean, sure. Were you, were you, I mean, I know that Summer's been throwing comp. She's admitted it. I mean, how much does like comp, comp, uh, like performance, especially like in week three, how much is that effect? I mean, were you afraid of Steph winning a comp and coming after you? Uh, a little bit after surfs up. Um, the, the fact that, uh, during surfs up, she, um, like I truly believe like Marty, Marty could have went all night. Um, granted in that competition, I probably could have went all night too. I faked the knee thing. Um, because I was like, okay, like this isn't, I got, I got Gino, Steph and Marty behind me. I feel totally safe with all of them. Why the hell would I paint that target on my back? So I, I played up, you know, the, my, the, my healthy 23 year old knee was really killing me. Um, and, uh, but like Steph was, Steph was locked in like Steph in, in, in that moment, that's when I realized like Steph's a competitor, like Steph is. And the other thing too, and I, and I think I overthought this a little bit was the fact that. Steph was like, Steph was really, um, you know, he, we, the stereotypes are cast in this, uh, in, uh, in, yeah, in yeah, Ken, yeah, big 100%. time. Right. Yep. And so the idea that like Steph was, um, the, you know, this beautiful woman blonde, um, and, and, uh, you know, would, would talk and talk about partying and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, okay, like, this is like the, this is the, the character. Um, and after that competition, like I saw something in Steph's eyes that I was like, I think Steph might actually be like 
hella strong or like really like a huge mental threat. And, and we, and Steph and I had like very in-depth, um, quite lovely conversations about mental health, about her work. Um, and, and she's a very smart individual, very, very smart. And so the idea that I was like, okay, I think that people are going to overlook Steph. And then when I heard that she was coming after me, I was like, oh, this actually could be a huge threat because if everybody's been undervaluing Steph, um, then there might actually be a threat here. So it's fascinating to hear your, your rationale on that because, um, I guess like my, my my impression also is like she, she was on the block. Uh, they aired in the show like she had made some kind of like flippant line to Jess, and then immediately was like counting their vote as as like supportive of Steph. I'm like, why would you think that? Like, yeah, I, I'm looking at Jess. Jess is voting you out. Like, yes, I know, and I and I, I kept telling like you. I kept telling Jess that week that I was like, I was like, don't think of this as a vote for Steph. Think of it as a vote for me. And like, and that's what I kept trying to tell them was like, okay, listen, like this is, I know you don't like Steph. I know you don't want her here, but I've, I've been like advocating for you hard behind your back. I think that you're very valuable to my game and I want to work with you. So you know, I am asking you to cut ties with somebody that you see a lot of value in, but obviously we saw how that went like the next week and Josh and Josh cut them without a second thought. So the idea that like, yeah. So the idea that they were like, no, um, Josh is way, way better for my game right now. I was kind of thinking, I was like, well, I think that I'm better for your game than Josh. So, you know, if this is a vote for, if this is a vote, um, think of it as a vote for me, but didn't end up uh, swinging that way. I know when Steph was super confident in Jess's vote and, and Jess came to me and said that they would vote uh, how like the way that I wanted. And I was like, that's great. Okay, cool. But I understand for sure why, uh, why Jess flipped. Yeah, that's, it's, it's one of those, situ- I mean, you were talking about stereotypes. I, I, the trans contestant tends to get out pretty quickly or they get targeted pretty quickly i to this day i've never really understood marty's uh beef with jay i thought that was kind of uh targeting targeting jay seemed a little odd um fair fair i think that um jay jay was just again uh, in a in a house that i think um you know my my whole plan coming into the house and it didn't obviously uh pan out for very long was to like kick back and keep the spotlight off me a hundred percent and I think that um, with Jay, Jay was the complete opposite, where Jay is this huge personality. They're uh-huh. um, super outspoken. They bring a lot of attention onto themselves. And so when you very early on in the game are looking for reasons to put somebody up because you're like, I've known you for like eight days and somebody is this like big boom pow all over the place. And especially, you know, Marty, like I, I just think that that element of it definitely did play a role in the conversations that I had with Marty, where Marty was kind of like, Jay has been very open about the fact that they want to target um, me. They want to target you. They want to target Gino. They want to target Uh Ramon. They want to target Moose. And they're this huge um, Mm. uh, attention. uh, You know, they they grab a lot of attention. Right. In certain regards, it's really positive to have somebody like that in the house because week to week you have somebody who's like drawing the attention to them and you could fade into the background. But at the same time, when that person is also super charming and super like brings people in and is super caring and loving... All, that's a threat because all of a sudden now they have the influence over other people um, and can can put my name and Marty's name and Gino's name and Moose's name and all these other names in other people's mouths pretty easily. So I think that that was a little bit why um, Marty, Marty went after Jay. That makes sense. Because, I mean, 
I, I think the smart – I mean, Kevin is playing an amazing game for a lot of reasons. Yes. But immediately he went and found somebody like Helena who is not like – you know, we talk about Big Brother. Like, it, you wouldn't necessarily pair the two of them and be like, oh, these guys are going to be great buds. But he knew that and was able to use that very quickly, and he's done that. Super smart, yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about um, the Gino betrayal of poor Kyle. Yeah, yes. I think – Heartbreak. I think they tricked him because – I keep going back to this hard power versus soft power thing, and that's mm-hmm. the, that, that was what you were aware of with the retreat in the Savage Seven was you had some soft people and some hard people who were definitely on your side. I don't think in Big Brother it is ever smart to get rid of somebody. And I, the real the real question is how do you, when you're inside the house, know who's hard and who's soft in terms yeah. of your actual support? But Gino knew that he had a basically that you were you you were wounded after that week three, but you were his. You, you and Jace were his strongest support. I don't think yes. it's ever a good idea to boot somebody who you know would vote for you in jury. I, 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 to throw them to the wolves, I thought was not a, it's just not a smart move. That's fair. So, so here's my kind of thinking behind it is because uh, in a short term play, I completely understand and respect the move because you have. So I think that when when Gino's kind of looking at okay. I need to, I've just, I've just alienated uh, my showmance complete. Like the two of us have alienated ourselves from the rest of the house because we've went with the plan that the, the big scary Kyle um, put forth. And, um, and now if Kyle stays in the house, that's, that's a, th- that's, that's now a three because, okay, now the showmance has shown loyalty to Kyle. Kyle has shown loyalty to the, to the showmance. That's a three. If somebody wins next week, again, in talking about that dynamic of, always looking around and looking for the person who would get um, the least amount of blood on your hands. Okay. Well, there's three people, two of them go up. One of them's a replacement. You're guaranteed to knock one of them off. I think a little bit of that though, that like, I think plays in the favor is also like, that's three strong people. And do you really want those people to make you their target? Number one, um, having, uh, having comp ability proven. Um, so, so that's, you know, it's a little bit of that, but I think that like, the idea of like, if you were to put it on a scale, so it's it's my alliance and my power versus the proposed power and alliance ship of Kevin, Summer, Helena. He was trying to build something with Herman and Moose too. And so it's like, okay, you have somebody who like, I, I know the Herman and Moose thing is kind of a shaky thing, but just the idea in Gino's head, and we had plenty of conversations about it. I'm sure I haven't seen what made it there and what didn't. Um, but just the pure idea that, Yes, I am a hundred percent loyal. I will ride or die. He is somebody who I'd vote for in jury without a second thought. Um, but at the same time, if you want to in a house that is so fluid and ever changing, if you want to have those doors open to you by other people in the house later game, it makes more sense to kind of do what the house wants. Um, so I think like in a short term play, it definitely makes sense. I think he was looking at it from a long term perspective, but I think Gino was just really worried about the fact of me staying and him going up next to me, which which is totally fair. But at the same time, we saw it in the chain of a uh, chain of safety. People still people still want Gino out like the idea of that. He earned himself safety because of that move. I do think that like right at that nom ceremony, I have watched all the episodes since I've been evicted. Um, and uh, and the fact the best one. you didn't watch your best. That's the best one of them all. <laughs> Which one? So, oh, yeah, I know. I, I'll get there. Trust me, I'll get there. Um, but uh, but yeah, like to see the fact that like, you know, him and Jason Jess found their way. I was like, you know, like, listen, I would have been one of them. And so that's the thing is like Jace would have stayed. Jace is a vote for you to like, it probably would have been Jace was saved over me. And so then it hypothetically, the chain of safety is 
Gino, myself, and Jess. And I think if I if I win that little ping pong thing, which I definitely think I had the opportunity to, um, you know, my skill set for ping pong ball placement, it's it's top notch. Um, and uh, that is uh, some of those games are so ticky tack, it's hilarious. Um, but uh, but yeah, like I would have been if I had have taken myself off, and it was Gino and Jess. Like I'm a guaranteed vote to vote to take out Jess. So like. I do think that um, I do think that in hindsight, and this is something that I'll, I'll make sure that I give him uh, a, a good ribbing for uh, after <laughs> after we're out of the house. Be like, oh, how well did that turn out, huh? Your big move to backdoor your uh, number one, um, but uh, but still, I, I think that uh, I can see the reasoning behind it, and I gave him his flowers. I told him that I respected the move. I told him I understood why he was doing it, but I think in hindsight, it definitely might come back to bite him a little bit. Yeah, because I mean, a showman's is a very dangerous thing. It's too very. Hard. It's two votes. Um, I've never understood why Gino thinks that partnering with um, Herman or Moose is a good idea because they have other places to go. Where does Gino yeah. go? Because Gino also, I mean, Marty has now betrayed Gino twice. Oh, God, you Marty. Didn't, you didn't betray Gino ever. And No. Well, yeah, it's it's... No, I never would have either. Like Gino was one of those people that I definitely would have died on the sword for. Like he, he was somebody who... Uh, like we connected on it. Like, I can't wait to see him after the show. Like we connected on such a great level, like just on like as a, on a human level. Um, he was my boy. He's somebody who reminds me a lot of like people that I have in my life back home. Um, and, uh, and so I can't wait to see him again, but yeah, no, never in a million years for any reason would I have turned on Gino. Like that would have been, that would have been rock solid more so than yeah. Marty, Marty has absolutely, Oh God, I could talk about Marty forever. The, the man has, uh, has effectively like, He's backstabbed Gino twice. He's backstabbed me. Anybody who's gotten close to Marty has gotten shafted. So, like, yeah. I don't understand why anybody would work with him at this point. No, and I, yeah, that's... Marty also apologizes a lot for what he does. I mean, if you're going to stab... Like, we, we've we had... Uh, I don't know if you watch Game of Thrones. We had uh, Roose Bolton. I haven't. No, no. Well, I've actually we, never seen an episode. <laughs> we had the guy who committed the most famous backstabbing in that show. We had him on the show... That's amazing. The whole time I'm just like thrilled that, I mean, the best part about it was he stabbed somebody and then didn't apologize like a hundred times afterward. Like, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to betray somebody, uh, Gino, I mean, one of the things like we'd had our fun watching, I guess I'm speaking for some of the big brother community. Um, we, we had our excitement of the weekend. I did not want to see you go the next week. I wanted to see you like fight for like when, Oh, I wanted the veto so bad. I wanted to be able to at least fight for a veto. Like I know that that idea. Like, I trust me. I I was really. I at some point I was considering like. So the one thing that I didn't do that I really definitely was considering was just like literally pleading to Gino and just being like, please give me a week. Like let me fight for my game. Like please come on. A week is everything in this house. So much changes. Like give me a week. Give me a week. Um, because I just I just didn't like the. Uh, the the begging elements of all of that i know that when um that was something that uh there was there's been some uh, people who have who have been not too fond of um of how i've talked about betty um and granted i i, I you know want to make it very clear that um i was i was you know more chirping in a game uh essence yeah. it was never never anything about who betty is as a person i adore betty as a person um but uh but yeah this this um oh my gosh i completely completely lost my train of thought 
Um, but yeah, or because that was when, when I was HOH, one of the reasons that I didn't necessarily respect Betty's game was the fact that her pitch to me was literally just kind of like essentially pleading, like, don't put me up, please, please, please. I'm not going to do any, like, I'm not going to put you up. I'm not a threat to you. Please, please, please. It was essentially begging. And I just like, as somebody who loves this game and the integrity of this game, I'm like, I want to see, I want to hear gameplay. Like, I want to hear what your strategy is and all this kind of stuff. And so I didn't do that with Gino, but I do definitely wish that I could have had the opportunity to actually compete in a veto. I'm a, I'm a competitor. I think I proved that in week three. I wanted to compete in this game. I wanted to play a, a nitty gritty, you know, like a big brother game. And the fact that I never got to play the veto, I think was a, a bit of a bummer. But at the same time, I did say going into it that uh, the only way that they'd get me out of that house is uh, uh, in a body bag with a $100,000 check or through the back door. So, well, I mean, that we haven't talked yet about why, I mean, big brother Canada is if you're if you're really tuned into Big Brother World, everybody it's the most popular. It's it's the most mm-hmm. revered Big Brother in the world for for Big Brother gameplay. And most Big Brothers like the strategy element is is so key. It's why Big Brother Canada is so fun. It's why mm-hmm. it's why we in America we have to sit through like I have a billion streaming subscriptions. I have a DVR and I have to sit and watch your Canadian advertisements just so I can watch it on the our the boring world. Canadian ads. Yeah. But I do it because the gameplay is just exceptional. It's such mm. a well, it's such a well produced show. They do such an absolutely fantastic job. And um, the back door is really why I love the American and the Canadian style format, because like you're a big threat, Kyle, as like a physical competitor, a sociable guy. Like you know, when 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 you're somebody who's, I mean, I played water polo, but I, I always, I always get seeing all the trends the way that the trans people are always just booted off so quickly um mm. the back door is 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 a kind of a beautiful way to even the playing field because it's like all right let's take a big threat out and they can't do they can't do anything about it yeah it's beautiful it's part of the game it's big it, brother 100 percent. and that's the thing is like listen if you're opening the back door like i did in week three you have to be ready to to find your way out the back door the next week i never would have thought it'd be it'd be at the hands of gino but i did fully expect um, if hypothetically uh, I stayed in the house, that very likely I could see something along the lines of uh, Gino and Jace going up, and then me being the back door, um, or something right. like that, or Gino and Gino and Marty going up, one of them being a you know one of them t- pulling themselves off, me going up, anything like that, I could definitely see happening. Um, I definitely do know that the back door was something that um, like I wouldn't have said. I literally had said earlier uh, in the season that there was no way I wanted to. Um, no way I wanted to, to use the back door this early because I was like, that just opens. I said that in week three, I was, or week four, the beginning of week four, when I was looking at targets, because when I told the other members of the Savage Seven that Moose was kind of pitting me against them, they were saying backdoor Moose, backdoor Moose. Moose is a, a, a competitor, backdoor him. And I was like, no, 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 no. That's absolutely too soon. It's going to put like a huge, I was kind of like, and I was actually a little bit skeptical of like, why do you guys want me to use the backdoor so fast? Because, you know, that puts a big target on my back. Um, but then, you know, fair enough, when the opportunity presented itself, I was like, okay, well, everybody else in the house is already, all these other um, powerful players are already saying backdoor, which means it's something that they're already thinking about. I, I have no reason not to use it at this point um, if it very well could be used against me two weeks down the road or whatever. Um, but um, yeah, I was I was very surprised that people didn't want to take out a significant threat. I was like, I'm kind of giving, I, I know that you guys like Josh, but I'm kind of giving you the opportunity to evict a really powerful player on a silver platter. And I know that the idea of, Okay, well then 
then the power dynamic shifts even more to this Kyle, Gino, whatever, um, Marty side of the house. Um, but uh, at the same time, I'm like, any, ch- any chance you have to take out a big player, I think it should be taken. And that's the, as you said, that's the beauty of the back door. And when I was put up in the back door, I, the second I was put up, I told you, you know, I was like, you put me up, I leave because this is like, this, this is, you know, if you put me up, there's no way I stay. There's no, I, I can make a million pitches. I tried to think of everything that I could. Um, there was definitely a few things that I could have tried a little bit better, but like I laid it all out and I still was a unanimous vote. So yeah, the back door itself is, it does, it spices things up a little bit. I like it. It's beautiful. I mean, it's a definitely a way, cause I mean, there's just, you know, it, people are introverts and extra, well, Part of why I love Big Brother, I mean, it's great that there were two non-binary people in there mm. because, I mean, life, we see, tend to see life as this binary thing of heroes and villains. And there aren't really, I mean, sometimes you get a really juicy reality TV show villain. They're they're kind of rare and often in American uh, style production, the way they do that, they try to like find somebody who's a villain. But like in BB Can- the BB Canton house, there's not really... I mean, even like a guy like Kevin, who's kind of like you know scheming. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got a lot of endearing traits to him. Or uh, Gamardi, who's just you know becoming a backstabber general. I mean, it's not. It's not not a game of of heroes and villains. It's it's a game. It's like a gladiator arena. Yes, yes, it is. Oh, it's it's. It is wonderful. And that, that is the thing that is just like the most beautiful about BB can is, is the fact that you bring it. So it's, it's, it's so lovely. And I, and I, and it bugs me when people kind of like, um, misconstrue, um, kind of like, I, I just, I love the beauty of the game and the diversity and everything. It's like diversity and backgrounds, diversity and sexuality, diversity, and just, uh, um, personalities from person to person. And it's like, you just, and, and I, I love to see how those people interact as people and you just kind of, you see it. I think the, the one thing that is definitely tough is, um, um, you know, seeing from the fandom, just kind of, uh, you know, there's such a vested interest and I completely understand that I have vested interest every year in players. Um, but when, but when that is, um, is pushed to the extremes of like villainry and all this kind of stuff where it's like inherently because this person is targeting this person and they also happen to belong to XYZ group, um, that that person as a human being hates or targets, um, uh, this, this kind of group of people. And it's like, and it's like, this is, this is what this game is, is pure unbright. It's beautiful competition. And, um, to see it, uh, you know, it, it's just competition among, among, amongst a bunch of strangers who have never met each other. And this idea, um, like that's, that's weird. You know what I mean? It, it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a weird environment to work in. So I do, I just think that like, in terms of the level of competition, it is just, it's so cool. And the diversity plays such a huge role in that, uh, which is just fantastic. So um, I know we're, as, as we're as we're about to wrap up, um, I it would be remiss if I didn't mention uh, you live in Halifax, one of my all time favorite Canadian cities. Yes, I beautiful Halifax. In, I've watched Big Brother U.S. about ten years ago in the West End, Nova Scotian. That's right on the water. Absolutely, we rode. I guess it moved like last year from Halifax to. Uh, um, uh, Hamilton, but there was a big Theodore tugboat, Theodore two, that was. Yes. Yeah. 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 So we, one of my big claim, I, I'm the most popular Thomas the Tank Engine memer in the world. I can lay claim to that. <laughs> um, so tugboat. <laughs> I love that. Thank, thank you. Um, Theodore tugboats, a big, uh, we, 
people listening know Theodore Tugboat. You don't meet a lot of people who know Theodore. You're probably a little young for Theodore Tugboat. Um, oh, no, no, no. Trust me. I know Theodore. I'm from the East Coast. I know Theodore Tugboat. Yeah. So we, we my sister like saw it. It was just in the harbor. And she's like, Ian, that's Theodore. And I thought she was just talking about, you know, an actual Tugboat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, no, no, it's really Theodore. And you look and you're like, like, what the? Yeah, yeah. And we took a ride on it, and it was oh my god, yeah. And they moved it. Now it's in. I mean, Hamilton is closer. I'm from Connecticut, so uh, we go up to Toronto all the time. Um, I just love Halifax. It's a, that's such absolutely. It, I live in Long it's Beach, a, which is on the coast. Like very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How yeah. you get kind of the same thing. It's just beautiful. I, I mean, I can definitely tell you, I talked about it a ton while I was in the house. Like there's something about being near the water. There's something about as I sit here at my desk, uh, you know, I'm looking out on um, on the river between Dartmouth or the, oh, geez, I don't, don't know whether it's the river, or the ocean, or if it's a channel leading to the ocean. Um, but, you know, looking out on the water and just, it, it is it is just such a beautiful part of the world. And uh, being home is definitely like, it's nice. It is something that like this Halifax lifestyle, this, um, you know, the East Coast lifestyle, um, the uh, just like the the community feel and, and how small and intimate Halifax is. But like you just oh, it's fantastic. I love it. And, and being home is great. So hey, if you ever find yourself up here again, let me know. We'll, we'll grab a pint uh, and, I'll, and I'll show you all of my favorite spots for sure. I would love that. Uh, final question, which you yes. kind of just played into. Um, you know, how are you doing? You doing good? I'm doing I on it. Thank you so much. That is a fantastic question. Uh, it's a question that I ask on my podcast, literally the start of every interview, just how are you doing? Um, I'm doing well. I'm, I, it's definitely one of those things that, um, you know, taking this readjustment period day by day is, is really important. Um, just like in the house, things change very fast and, and you have to, uh, you have to be able to adapt to kind of all of the life changes that come with participating in something like this. Um, so definitely, uh, definitely kind of trying to get my feet back under me. Uh, but I, I truly am doing better every day and conversations like this being able to uh, download a little bit. Um, uh, hugely, hugely, hugely beneficial. And I honestly, I, I thank you so much for reaching out because this has been, uh, this has truly been a joy. So, and the questions were fantastic and it was so nice to think about it, the being out of the house and actually just like reflecting on it all and thinking about like, oh yeah, that's why I made that decision. Um, it's, it's lovely. So honestly, Ian, thank you so much. Well, yeah, I just, it honestly, I, I've said it a couple of times. I mean, it was, I, I had been from I'd seen a little I'd seen BB uh, Can Nine I'd seen a bit of it uh, now they're all on Paramount Plus like so mm -hmm. I can watch it all without the commercial I'm gonna go back and watch basically every season I love um, it I, I knew it, I, it was, you came BB Can Ten and I guess you specifically Kyle came into my life at a, at a time that uh, I needed reality television to you know as that thing at night you just turn off the brain although it's strategy the brain's never it, you turn off really you flip a different switch um, i love that exactly change the channel yeah. um and it was just so sad as i just i was like you know this this the world is so crazy right now we all have to ask ourselves what place do we have for reality tv in this like the reality is is weirder frankly yes um, but you guys were still able to deliver top notch, like just peak of the form. It was quite, and I say that as a, as a, as, as, as a tomato emitter approved critic. Oh, absolutely. Hey, listen, that's a, that's a, that's a title that should be, you know, front of your resume. Yeah. Um, well, of course it's on there. Um, peak, uh, yeah, it's just, it was just so, I was like this, this is why, cause people all the time are like, why do you watch big? Com companies are paying hundreds of millions of dollars for scripted uh, TV 
why are you watching you know the reality like, like, reality television entered the forum in the like, uh, to, as a cost cutter in the beginning mm. of the 21st century like survivor the original big brother like very that was what it was now we're in an era before people were spending hundreds of millions on on all your sorts of shows we're living in mm. tv Big Brother Canada still proves why this game, all these years later, 20-plus years later, why this is such a beautiful game. And you were a part of that. So, I mean, that's just so beautiful. I, I It honestly means the world. It really does. And uh, this season has been, as a fan, this season has been unbelievably exciting. It is beyond an honor to have uh to have shared the house with the cast that i did um and uh yeah just truly like truly a dream come true as as much as uh you know it comes with its stresses as as all good things some uh, you know sometimes do um it it is truly like something that i will always look back on so fondly and uh and very much like just the opportunity to this whirlwind of uh, of a year just the fact that some some random person from the west coast just their parents happened to name them the same thing as my parents named me and then the next thing i know i find myself walking onto the big brother canada stage and through those doors and getting to play um a game that uh, albeit burnt uh, burnt me out pretty quick but it uh, was exciting uh, nonetheless um is something that i'll always love so i really appreciate the love and uh it means a lot and keep doing what you're doing because i think that this is uh this is fantastic well some stars they they bright bright uh they shine bright they don't shine very uh, long but uh they got to shine and you got they got to shine you got your moment so kyle this has just been this has been absolute as a super fan the idea i watched you on the live feeds now you're right in front of me i mean honestly <laughs> what, what, a, what an absolute it's so surreal it's such a treat it was just been such a pleasure thank, thank you. you so much for coming on thank you and uh to our listeners um yeah watch me you you've heard me by now a billion times say watch bb can 10 now if you're a podcast listener you don't follow facebook or all that you got no choice because we're covering it here now big brother canada is all over the place anyway thank you so much for listening and we will see you next